Well, hello, everybody. This is Paul Costell, the founder of We Love Arabian Horses, and we're thrilled today to have two guests with us, Sharon Magnus Blake and Ann Judge, who are the promoters of Thunder and the owners and the trainer, and I would love to welcome you all and say hello to you joining our program. Thanks, Hi, Paul. There. Happy to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have both of you. So we start every one of our podcasts off with a little bit about how you got involved with Arabians from the beginning. So, Sharon, why don't you tell us first how you first found Arabians and fell in love with Arabians and your passion, what drives you today? Well, you know, I loved horses from as, well, as long as I can remember, I read every horse book. Um, Back in the day, we were poor, so I would check books out of the library. And I didn't know at the time that I was reading about Arabian horses quite a bit. But then when um, many years later, I moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, got a part-time job at an Arabian horse farm. And it all started to come together for me. I was only doing the marketing, but I talked them into letting me ride and <laughs> as part of one of my bennies. And I would ride the horses in the desert, the, the show horses, and give them a break. And so that's my very first um, experience hands-on with them, but back in a long time when I was a little girl, I was reading about them in books, and I just fell in love with their character, their beauty, and just like they're almost they're between a cat and a dog as far as being a pet, and yep. just affectionate-wise. So anyway, I just fell in love with them. Well, and here you are today, very involved in doing a breed uh, promotion with this fantastic horse. So we're, we're thankful for your excitement for Arabians. It's fantastic. And what about yourself? How did you get involved with Arabians, and what's, what's kind of your passion that drives you? Oh, my gosh, Paul. Well, I was raised in a family with uh, of three girls. So I have two sisters, a younger and an older, and so you can imagine with three girls, my poor father. We, from the time that we could say the word horse, we were begging him for a horse, each one of us. So we each, I think I was maybe about, Six when I got my first pony, he bought my dad. Mom, my dad and mom bought each one of us a pony. I think they were hoping that the ponies, being being ponies, and being mean and bucking us off and biting us and kicking us and doing all the things that ponies do, that it would make us grow out of our love of horses. It did the exact opposite. We loved them more and more. So I bought my first horse, which was a Morgan Porter Horse Cross, for sixty five dollars when I was in seventh grade, and <laughs> and then I bred her to an Arabian. So my first half Arabian was, from then on, I was an Arabian girl because that half Arabian was, I just got lucky. She was amazing and beautiful and kind and did everything that I didn't know how to teach her to do. And from that from that era on, so that was when I was in about 10th grade, I was um, an Arabian enthusiast and to this day attribute um, a lot of my, my goal setting, my success, my passion to those first moments when I realized what spectacular individuals they were. Well, you both, including me, are maybe a couple years older than 29, so these are all lifelong passions for all three of us. Right, right. Well, let's talk about Thunder, and just so everybody knows, we're talking about the Denver Broncos mascot, Thunder. And Sharon, you're the owner of Thunder, and Ann, you're the trainer, and 
you ride him in the, the arena, the, 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 the stadium, stadium. And you're mm-hmm. both of you ride him at different parades and things. Is this correct? That's right. Yep. Well, what a passionate um, story for an Arabian horse. And I'd love to hear about um, how you got started. Like, Sharon, how did this get started with Thunder and the Bronco team, and what kind of led to where we are today? Well, you know, I used to go to the Broncos games. You know, I've been doing this. This is our 28th season. And so, say, 29 years ago, I went to the games just to see the horse. And in those days, they had a Palomino cross, and he would just come out partway onto the field rear and then go back. And I'd wait for every score just to see that. And um, (laughs) and not long, the next season after that, they came to me and they said, we need a white Arabian horse um, for the football games. Do you have any? Well, they had already been clued in. I had quite a few. (laughs) But I had this one particular horse in mind that I had bought for my husband at a bankruptcy sale. And he was all white and, you know, of course, gray turning white. And I loved him. He was beautiful. And so the Broncos team went, the staff went out to look at the horse. Of course, my trainer at the time decided to show them five horses, which I told him only to show him one horse. But lo and behold, they still picked the horse that I had picked. And the funniest part about how we started was I was so excited because they picked the horse that I thought would be the perfect um, character for the field. And I get a call from my trainer, and he says, if you think we're doing this, I'm not doing this. I said, what? What do you mean you're not doing this? (laughs) No, it wasn't me. It was a different trainer. No, it was was a different trainer. Well, I hate to say this, Paul, but it was a man. Um, anyway, <laughs> I said, go, fi- okay. go figure. <laughs> and so I called my husband and I said, oh, my God, I really want to do this. And he won't, you know, my trainer, he won't do it. And he said, I'll call you right back. And so he called my trainer and said, look, my girl wants to do this. And if you don't want to do it, I'll find somebody who does. And so my trainer said, Okay, we'll give it a try. <laughs> and so he set out to prove us wrong that this was not going to work. So the uh, first preseason game, he takes my horse out onto the field, no saddle, no bridle, just a halter and a lead rope. And the horse takes, you know, this is Thunder One, takes one look at the stadium full of people and rears on his own. Well, the crowd goes crazy. And he says, <laughs> you know, I can do this. <laughs> and, and so lo and behold that was the very beginning we had an indoor arena the broncos gave us noise tapes we put white lines across the arenas because you know so he would learn to cross the lines we painted yep. emblems we did everything that you would have experienced at a game and so he to his credit he did a great job um training the harris but thunder one was a stallion so he kind of had a mind of his own and so he wouldn't let any other horses on the field. And so they it, during the whole time he was on the field, they couldn't have police horses because he would just go crazy. But he wound up being a great mascot, and then he retired with me and became my best friend. He was just an amazing individual, and I think Annie will tell you, he was a handful. But he was so brave. And, Sharon, remember when um, whenever the Broncos get a first down, they have this tape. Uh, a horse Winnie 
that goes all oh, yeah. through the stadium. And so every first every first down, they have the cage four twenty and the Thunder One, the stallion, would throw his head up in the air and just bellow like where is that other stallion? I'm gonna kick his ass. Oh my <laughs> it was hilarious. It was we would hilarious. be like Okay, all right, well here comes the first down. Get ready because <laughs> He's going to hear the other horse. <laughs> well, well, Sharon, how, how many years ago was that? What year did it start? 93. 93. 93 was our first game. So we're coming on 30-something years. 28 years. 28 yeah, years. We're coming close. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Great. Okay, so that was Thunder One, and that's how it got started. And then, Ann, when did you get involved and become involved with Thunder? Well, this is my 23rd season, so I'm a bit behind um, the eight ball. Um, but thankfully, I've been able to, to play, kind of play catch up. Sharon and, and um, well, Bob at the time were kind enough to invite me to be the writer 23 years ago. And it was just that um, the writer at the time was very young. This is something to be said for women who maybe have a little maturity because the girl that was writing at the time was quite young and was taking um, a lot of the emotion that is carried in the field and in the, um, you know, with the, the, the whole the emotion, excitement, et cetera, that goes on there at those games to heart. And so every time that um, the Broncos would score, she was starting to get pretty revved up and pretty emotional and pretty um, overexcited. And all of that stimulus was becoming too much for Thunder One. And, and so Sharon, in her kindness, called me and said, you know, we um, – we we know what you do, and we think that maybe perhaps you might be an answer to some problems that we're having on the field. And and so I was invited to begin writing 23 seasons ago, 23 years wow. ago, and it has been an incredible ride ever since then. And I have to tell you, Paul, this is a bit of an aside, but, you know, all of us who've been involved with Arabians and with show horses and with horses in general, I think that we're all pretty, um, we, we think that w- what we've learned as showing riders and as horsemen is, is that we have quite a level and a depth of understanding and horsemanship. But I think Sharon will probably agree with me that the horsemen that being thunders, caregivers, riders, trainers, has uh, done for our horsemanship level is amazing because I think that we have truly seen what a horse will do for a human being if they trust and believe in them. And so from the moment I started doing this 23 years ago, I have been witness to what these horses will do for us in what are um, fairly unnatural circumstances for horses. And it is mind-blowing don't you think Sharon oh I do and and by the way when Annie came on board it was the best thing that ever happened to us and over the years I just continue to learn but I learned so much from her and Thunder One knew a professional so as soon as Annie got on him he was like "Uh uh-oh um, I have to behave myself and (laughs) she would warm him up and then I would get on him and he'd say (laughs) <laughs> that horse would look clear around that man and go, okay, now we're going to have some fun. We got the amateur. 
Well, you know, I, I think about I think about one. I think about all these fantastic pictures that we see of Thunder coming out of the you know the shoot there on the field and the flags and the cannons and all the noise and I mean it's just amazing. Like, how do you even begin to acclimate a horse to all of that commotion all at the same time? And I, I I'm sure there's been a and a situation or once or twice, maybe, I don't know, but I, it's just like, he's perfect every time. It's amazing. Oh, it's I think, a, I think it's a team effort. Go I mean, ahead. Annie, it is. Oh, I'm sorry, Annie, mm-hmm. but Annie is That's, obviously, I was say that. she's got them trained, but it's a team effort and they trust her. The horses have all totally trusted her, but they also trust us on the ground. And, you know, in the tunnel, I stand at his head and it, when Annie's sitting on top of him and, there's nothing more intimidating. Um, it's the most intimidating thing we do. When you come out of that tunnel and you're looking on the field and there are all these photographers on the field that think that they are not going to get run over and they're right in your path. And my husband and our bodyguard separate them and get them out of the way. But when you look out, you're going through two rows of cheerleaders. You're going through some people that think they belong on the field and you're going through players that are practicing, and then, of course, the photographers are the biggest challenge, although now they pretty much know us, and they see my husband coming and go, okay, we're moving. That's the dry ice, the dry ice smoke that we run through, and the, the plumes of fire that are always supposed to go off after we leave the tunnel, and for the most part, they, they do. Our, our field crew is amazing because they know that, we will not run into danger. And so if there is a problem with the, um, with the explosives, they, you know, they always say, Hey, you know what? We're not sure about the timing today. And so we'll go, you know what, if you're not sure about the timing, we're not running, but you know, that they, we've never, I I guess we've only had two times, right, Sharon, where they haven't been able to get the, um, the tunnel out on the field and they haven't been able to get the explosives right. And we've had to just run from, from on the field and not run from the tunnel, but um, but we have a great we have a great crew in our own team and it's a team of five. But we also have a great crew on the field that is incredibly supportive. But even at that, Paul, answering to your original question, Sharon and I, we like to think of ourselves as the as the the most um, in the moment. <laughs> Not the most intellectual, but we really try to be in the moment all the time. Our our guys on the field, we love them, but they get very excited about football, et cetera, et cetera. And so Sharon and I, before every game, we always say, okay, we're here for a reason, and our ultimate response, our ultimate responsibility is to our people, the people at this game, and this horse. And so we never, ever – let our guard down ever, even yeah. at those moments when, you know, we're about to win um, uh, a postseason game that will lead us into the playoffs or to the Super Bowl or whatever, you know, we're excited and we celebrate, but we never forget the responsibility that we have to that horse and to all, and to all of us. And so it is a job that, you know, people ask us all, all the time, right, Sharon? They always go, oh, my gosh, isn't that so exciting? That's so wonderful. And we go, yeah, but it really is more responsibility than it is anything else because we feel so um, committed 
to the fact that we are the luckiest people on the face of the earth that we get to have a horse in front of 75,000 people. And we just don't ever want people to see anything but a positive spokesperson for horses and Arabian horses specifically. So we're pretty serious about it, aren't we, Sharon? Yeah, and our, our whole team is everybody has their own job. And as Annie says, once in a while the guys get distracted by some spectacular play. And so we're doing everything, the two of us. I'm holding the horse and the stirrup and the flag, and she's getting up on the horse. And we just look over at the guys and say, yeah, we can do this. It's okay. We don't it's need okay. any help. There's a lot of eye rolling. <laughs> well, you know, you just you think about all the, you know, the external um, actions that are going on, and you, you have to be fully responsibility that you're dealing with a live animal. And as trained as this live animal is, it is still a live animal. And there is a lot. I mean, I don't know that I've ever witnessed any situation of a horse in a, a possibly more distracted environment. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing what y'all do. And then you're at a dead run. You've got a flag and you've got all these other things that you've mentioned. I mean, there's just so many things that could go wrong and it's just amazing to watch. And I'm not just saying that I'm just always impressed. Well, Sharon will, will um, admit to this as well, that one of the, one of the more common questions that we get is, how do you desensitize him? And right. so my answer to that always is you do not desensitize a horse. A horse is a horse is a horse. They're flight creatures. They're not fight creatures. You know, they, um, they're prey animals. And so um, you don't make a horse not a horse. You, don't, you, you can never take away that flight tendency because that's who they are. However, what we always tell them is that we spend – an incredible amount of time just doing faith building exercise. We do faith walks. You know, it's something that Sharon understands now that she's been involved with this for so long that our faith walks are the building blocks toward the horse ultimately being on the field. And um, those faith walks start as, you know, as, as minor things as um, changing the footing that a horse is used to walking on, you know, because horses are really sensitive to what's underfoot. And so, you know, we start with things as simple as changing from sand to stones to concrete to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so these face walks end up becoming layers of trust that we then, um, we, we encourage the horse then to continue to look to us, whether it's to me or to Sharon if they become insecure or something looks frightful, they look to me or to Sharon, and we reinstill that faith and that trust. And then they go, oh, okay, well, if it's okay with you guys, it's great with me. Let's go through that fire. <laughs> and they yeah. do. They really do, don't they, Sharon? They do. Well, and in the tunnel, you know, it's funny because if something's going wrong in the tunnel, like they decided to start this big, loud music a while back. And it was new to him. And even though he has earplugs in, you can feel the vibration. And so he started getting a little antsy. And he looked at me and I said, you're fine. And he's like, okay, okay. I'm fine. <laughs> okay, I am. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know I'm a fan and there's so many reasons to be a fan. But I'm just, every time you all perform, and I've seen you all in lots of environments, not just on the field, it's just, it's very impressive. I mean, it almost makes me want to cry. It's just such a beautiful display of an Arabian horse in a, in a very public environment that's so great for our breed 
And I'm just so proud and want to thank you both for everything y'all have done to, to, to do all this for so many years. Well, thank you. Well, we, we love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we love it. And, you know, it gives us a chance to hang out together. Annie's become one of my very best friends over the years. And the horses have been our best friends. And so for me, I get to hang out with my horse. And, yeah. you know, to me, that's the best part. Now, you do have to be on guard. As Annie said, you've got to be present in the moment and be watching because you just never know what's going to come your way. Well, true. So let me ask you a couple more questions. Um, one, who designs all these outfits that y'all wear? <laughs> that's that's, that's I, Annie. I, Annie. I, I, <laughs> Annie. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I just say they're very cute. They're colorful. They're bright. They're very obviously Broncos, but they're somebody put like some sparkles. time and effort into that. Yeah, you can't get any more bling on those things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I, I want to go back, and I one thing that Sharon will never, um, she's reticent about uh, just because she is who she is, but the, the most visible job that we do on the field, of course, is, being um, the Denver Broncos mascot, but I think a lot of people don't realize that Thunder is busy all year round, and that's, that's um, you know, 90% because Sharon and Ernie are so involved in the community that they are very committed to making sure that Thunder is the face of, um, of, of giving, of uh, philanthropy, um, he, he's the best friend of the Boys and Girls Club of Denver. Uh, Thunder puts on a party every Christmas for all the Boys and Girls Clubs in Denver. And so we have hundreds of children that have the stadium open to them uh, and have a, a catered Christmas party with gifts for each child, not just one gift, but bags of gifts. And that is because Sharon has been feels that she's been given a platform through her work with Thunder and through the Denver Broncos to give back to the community. Now she wouldn't bring that up and she wouldn't talk about that, but to me, that's one of the most important aspects of my job. It makes me cry even saying that because um, you know Van Horse goes to schools, he goes to libraries, he goes to elderly care centers, um, he gives parties to. Um, to, to some disadvantaged folks. And um, to me, uh, the, those maybe the, the numbers aren't there. There aren't 75,000 people there, but the, but the hundred people that are there at those events, um, they're the ones that really have my heart. And I think Sharon's too. Right, Sharon? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, Annie. But my favorite part about that Christmas party is we put them in the elevator at the stadium and take them up to the club level. And I say that that's my favorite part. That's the part that makes me a nervous wreck that I don't sleep the night before. It doesn't make me nervous. I know. And Annie, when I, the first time we ever did it, Annie said, Sharon, it's just like putting them in the trailer or putting them in the stall. Just think of it that way. I'm like, okay. And so he does it perfectly, but my biggest worry, and the Broncos staff have been incredibly good, is that they turn off the whistles and the buzzers because you know how loud a freight elevator can be. And yeah. so I will go and run a test run with them just to make sure that, you know, the bells and whistles are all turned off. But that's one of the accomplishments. And then he has to walk through polished concrete 
So we have to lay match the entire path, which the Bronco staff does for us, from the freight elevator into the carpeted. But he's in the club level with all the mm-hmm. mucky mucks there usually. Well, I, I was going to ask you about all the other events, and you've definitely covered a lot of them. You also do parades and um, events at schools and all kinds of things, I think, during each each full year, right? Yeah, and yeah, last Sharon, year tell time, about the yeah. parade you did. Was Sharon yeah. had the biggest parade of all. Tell well, us, the, last year, a year ago, that's how much the world has changed. Um, we took him, and I had to ride in the parade because Annie could not go, and so when Pat Bolin was honored, our, our owner who passed away, he was put in the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, which is like the biggest NFL thing. And so I went to Annie and I said, I'm so excited we're going. And she said, I can't go, which actually devastated both of us because we love our road trips. And so Annie got me ready. She got me ready because whenever we travel to a Super Bowl or any, you know, the, U- the U.S. Nationals, whenever we're going, we go together. So we're a team and we depend on each other. We might have different jobs, but we're always double-checking the other. And so going by myself, even though I had my husband and then we had a, another horse person with us, um, I was I was responsible because, you know, the other horse person was, he's really a good horseman, but Arabians are different. We baby our horses, or at least Annie and I for sure do. I'm sure I bet every <laughs> Arabian person does. But we and and you know they they really make fun of me and my fancy Arabians and how I take care of them and doesn't bother me a bit. But I was totally responsible. So Annie spent months getting me ready, and she had me do, doing all these exercises. I said, Annie, I'm just walking straight, you know, <laughs> walking down the parade. <laughs> And she says, you got to be prepared for anything. And it was an experience. It's helped my self-confidence. But what surprised me is here are fans from across the country. And so there was all kinds of – we were the only horse in the parade. But the people cheered. No matter where they were from, what fan they were, they cheered Thunder. Just Mm -hmm. blew my mind. They were so excited to see him. Well, it's not surprising to me, and that's such a fantastic experience that you got to have and a very important parade in in, in, in Thunder's career as well. Um, now, y'all explain how there's more than one Thunder. A lot of people don't know there's been multiple Thunders. I think we're on number four now, so explain how we have four Thunders. Go ahead, Sharon. Okay, so, well, yeah, and then you fill in what I forget, but Thunder okay. one we already talked about. And he was the stallion. He was the first one. And when it became clear, they kind of, as Annie says, they tell you when they're ready to retire. After 11 years, he was ready to retire. And so we brought number two on, who was my riding horse. And at first, Annie and I didn't think he was going to make it because he was very timid. But he came to trust Annie so well that he was um, one of our best horses. He was was amazing. Yeah, he was really good, and but he was always looking to us, me on the ground, Annie on him, to make sure he was doing everything correct. And then when it no, hardly any ego, right, Sharon? He he had the smallest no. ego of all of them, and the and the kindest heart. Yeah, and I he he lives with me. Thunder One passed away. Um, he lived with me for what Annie five years, I think, before uh-huh. he passed. Right, twenty seven. Yeah, and then um, 
Thunder Tube now is retired and lives with me. I have a stable right connected to my house, which is what I wished for as a child. Never knew I would get it. <laughs> and um, and the number three was my riding horse. I When I sold the horses and I sold all my farms after my first husband died, he came over from California. He was my riding horse, but he was brand new. And so I asked Annie to get him ready. He went to the ranch for about four or five years, and I rode him up there all the time because I lived up there more. And then when two retired, he became um, number three, and he's presently on the field. And he's a combination. I like to think of him as a combination of one and two. Totally. He is full, I mean, full of himself. He knows really well what to do better than you. But on the other hand, he's like, okay, if you think that's a better way, I'll do it. But so, he's so kind. So he's got a yeah. huge ego, right, Sharon? Kind of yeah. like one, because one had a huge ego. Number two was very soft-hearted and very people-oriented. And number three is a mix of those. He's really, he loves people. He's very social. Well, unless they do something stupid, like try to stick their fingers up his nose. And then he totally puts his ears sideways and tells them what he thinks of them. But even though he's got a big ego and he he's very social and he's very kind-hearted, so it's, he's just the perfect mix. And Sharon and I have talked about this before, that we love all the Thunders, but probably Thunder 3 is the best combination of all of those character traits that make him so good on the field. And he's 20 this year, and he hasn't given us any, any indication that he wants to quit. Um, Thunder 2 was pretty clear when he wanted to stop, right, Sharon? When he turned 20, yeah. he started getting impatient with um, with the crowds. Like, he really only liked standing out and doing the meet and greets for about 30 minutes. And then he would start pawing and telling us that he just wasn't wild about that. And he would he, he so wanted to please that he would he would do anything for us anyway. But we could kind of tell from a, just a few little indications that he was ready to be done. And um, this one, Thunder 3, he's like, what? Are, are you? There's no one who could do this like I do it. I'm awesome. <laughs> so, so we're going to – I mean, we listen to him, and, and we know that he'll tell us when he wants to quit. But right now, um, he's not giving us any indication. But we do have a 4, a Thunder 4, who's a lovely gelding, just a beautiful – lovely sweet gelding that was actually a child's walk trot hunter pleasure gelding and um he's the one that we take and do a lot of public appearances with now so it gives thunder three a little bit of a break and it also kind of gets thunder four ready to step in when thunder three says he want doesn't want to do it anymore but don't you think sharon that that and his 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 um registered name is me and my shadow that's number three so don't you think sharon that shadow he hasn't told us he hasn't given us no. any indication yet that he wants to stop no and that's and i'm really part. yeah i'm torn on him because i really would like to have him back and have him back as my riding horse and as my horse that i'm with all the time but mm-hmm. i really don't want him to come off the field because he's perfect he's yeah. absolutely perfect and he's so easy I and mean, at this point we don't know what it would do to his mind if it would Taking right. that job away, if he would really, um, if if he would fail, we we just we don't know. And so he's so happy and healthy right now that we we want to, you know, we we just want to do it at the right time. And so, um, 
So, well, yeah, we've and, talked about and, this back and forth a lot, that we would love it if he could just go back to the stable and let Sharon, you know, go back to riding him out in the trail. But we just don't know how he would handle the lack of um, attention because he totally thrives on that. So, Well, this, this, this year is going to be a test for him because it if, will be. if we're not on the field, and which we don't know yet, um, if we're not on the field, um, I don't know. We're still going to do – we probably will do more events than ever if we're not on the field. Um, but it's so iffy right now. So it's it's going to be a test. It's been a test for us humans. In, so so really what right. you're doing is you're, you're getting Thunder 4 ready while Thunder 3 is still in play, but you always have kind of a backup plan, so to speak. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then we take Thunder Pretty smart because you, well, well, you don't want to end up not having having somebody another horse ready to go in case it, you know, you had an accident or something. No, and um, God forbid, no, or the horse, you know, decides he doesn't feel well that day. But um, we we take him to the preseason games, and so he's been he has experienced the games. Right, number four has done the preseason. Did he just do it last year or did he do it two years? I can't remember he now. Did two years. Years. Kind of re- yeah, he's he did two years. Of yeah, he's done two years, yeah. Right. So he's um he's ready to be on to to do the regular season whenever whenever three says that he's he wants him to. So we just have to keep our we just have to keep our ears up <laughs> and listen <laughs> listen to him. <laughs> well, I love that. So we're gonna be nearly done here. Wanna what do either of you have any kind of special stories other than what you've already shared that are kind of unique moments or fun things that you want to recall for everyone to hear about? You know, I have, I have one favorite story and hates it when I tell this story, but we have so many stories, as you can imagine, going to two Super Bowls and actually I've been to four with the horses. Annie and I have been to two together and they have been incredible experiences. But my, when we did the change from Thunder One to Thunder Two, Thunder Two did not have as long a tail as Thunder One. He has, and like, no tail. It went just a little bit yeah. past his hawk. Yeah, well, it was a little longer than that. But um, anyway, she was all worried about how what people would think of him. And so I said to her, well, you know, um, I think it's fine. And whatever you do, don't do hair extensions. So <laughs> one game, I'm looking at the horse, and I said, geez, his tail has grown. And Annie said, mm-hmm. And so I didn't think any more about it because we're busy on the field. And so she takes off after we score, and she's running down the field. <laughs> and she's such a good rider. The horse is going straight. She's turned around in the saddle with her arm pointing towards the ground. And there goes Terry, who was working with us at the time, running like a bat out of hell down the field as fast <laughs> as he can. I'm thinking, I don't know what happened. The horse is still moving. Everything looks fine. Well, there's the rat in the middle of the field holding up a tail. And as, I, as put a fake tail in. I put a yeah. fake tail in him. I'm admitting it. I put a fake tail in and as, as the ref is looking at this tail, Terry goes by, grabs it out of his hand, tucks it under his arm, and runs down the rest of the field. And so I, I, at that time, I used to run down the sidelines, and I'd meet her, and Annie'd say, how mad are you? And I'd say, well, at least they weren't yours. She said, that's mean. And so anyway, my husband, so we lost that game. And my husband said, you, where do you see the paper tomorrow? The, you know, the Broncos lose their tail. 
Well, yeah, that's what we were anticipating. That's what we were anticipating that there'd be a picture of this long white tail laying on the ground, and the headlines would read, "Broncos lose their tail." Thank God it didn't happen. What happened, Sharon? Tell. So, so Plummer, somebody in the audience picked off Plummer, and he gave him a finger, so he was on the front page. And so the next time Ernie saw Plummer, he says, hey, I want you to know you saved my wife from being in the paper. He saved our tails. He saved our tails. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we have well, so many that is stories. Great story. we, there's, not enough, there's not enough hours in the day to tell the stories. We just have a million of them. But we have the best job in the world. So, of course, we have a lot of stories. Well, I'm sure you do, and maybe we should all write a book about this or something. I'll help you guys. It's amazing, and I'm sure the stories are fantastic and funny and humorous and emotional and kind of got a little bit of everything, you know, attached to it. Sharon's going to write one. She keeps – she's yep. been talking for the last well, 10 years about actually, writing one. She just has yeah, to get actually, some things off of her docket and get it written. Yep. I know, but now I've got the pictures about sorted. I have so far four boxes of Thunder pictures, so I'm getting there. She's getting closer. Well – Ladies, thank you guys so much for this time. I really appreciate it. If if anyone has any questions of Thunder, um, do y'all have an email address? Someone could send an email if they wanted to reach out. Yeah, Andy, go ahead, Sharon. No, go ahead, Andy. You. Well, mine's kind. Of, it's just that it's hard to spell. My. The, okay. Um, mine is it. Sharon Sharon Mag M A G Blake at AOL dot com. Sharon Mag Blake at AOL dot com. Uh huh. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And if anyone Thank wants you. to reach out to We Love Arabian Horses, our email is hello at com. So on behalf of Sharon, Magnus Blake, and Ernie Blake, and Ann Judge, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. It was fun. No, thank you, Paul. <laughs>